Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to new listeners. What is I Seem Fun, the diary of Jen Car... God damn it. This is exactly what it is. I couldn't even say my own name. And I almost just hit pause so that I could edit this out. But screw it. That's what this podcast is. I Seem Fun, the diary of Jen Kirkman podcast is a solo podcast done by me, comedian Jen Kirkman. You may remember me from Chelsea Lately or Drunk History. You may have read my books. You may have seen my Netflix specials. I'm going to die alone and just keep living. This is where I go to say whatever the hell I want. There doesn't have to be punchlines. It doesn't have to be politically pleasing to any particular group. It doesn't have to be funny. It can be sincere. I've cried on this podcast before. I've definitely been funny on this podcast before. I've been informative. I've been stupid. I've just been a human. This is where you can go to for free, listen to a performer, riff for an hour about what went on in their mind, in their world, in their life that week. I started this podcast in 2013 when I was a writer and performer on the Chelsea Lately Show. Because of how fun that show was and I was doing things like Drunk History, a lot of people thought I was a very fun party girl. And so they were coming to my shows drunk and screaming things out and I realized this is out of control. People need to know that I seem fun, but I'm really not fun. I'm, I like to do dumb things like stay home on Friday night and make lists. And I like to not be wasted and shouting things out if I'm in the audience somewhere. I wanted a podcast for people to find the real me. And it's been one of the most fun things that I've ever done in my creative life. So if you start listening to the podcast and you feel lost and you feel like it's a conversation that you're not part of, that's kind of what it feels like. But if you stick with it, you'll start to understand that it's random and you can be part of it anytime you want. I will read you a review from the Onion AV Club, 
What makes I Seem Fun funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action suit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness, and more often than not, she's right. Get ready to step inside to I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Welcome. I seem fun. I seem fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I don't know what episode this is. I don't know and I don't care. It's episode 267. I'd say Happy New Year, but we already did the New Year's episode. But it's the first recording that I'm doing in 2019. So Happy New Year to me. It's January 9th when you hear this. You don't care about the New Year anymore. You're over it. You're moving and shaking. You're a big deal. You're busy. You got shit to do. You know, the new year. What? Please. I ain't got time to be thinking about the new year. I'm just living my life. That's you. Oh, I want to change the name of this podcast. I just, I'm sick of everything I do starts with I. I'm this. I that. All my books. I, 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 I. I want to call it no fun. But then when you put a little synopsis, it's really... The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast could just be the name because that's what it is, right? Or I was going to think no fun with Jen Kirkman. And then it's like a weekly diary. I guess I could just do that and not really explain what no fun is because I really want no fun to be the name. And I know, don't even give me suggestions because even if you give me one that I really want to use, I probably wouldn't because things get weird when, when, um, fans, for lack of a better word, God, I hate that word. And even though I say it about myself, I don't presume to say it about you to me. But things get dicey when people collaborate in that way. And I don't want like someone being like, I'm drawing up a law degree, not a degree. I went to law school (laughs) instead of hiring a lawyer, which admittedly is pricey. You want to find a way around it. But I did the dumbest thing. I went to law school, which is four times as expensive and really, really just a lot, a big time commitment and got a lawyer that way, meaning me, I became my own lawyer. And after 10 years, I am suing you, Jen Kirkman, because your podcast got so popular, it made a million dollars, but I'm the one who named it. Oh, I'm sure I named it at first in a spirit of goodwill in the in the private I Seem Fun Facebook group. But then when I saw the success you had with it, I started to get angry and I wanted a taste of it. That shit happens, people. That's some real shit. So I don't want to be, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. Um, but that's what I'm thinking. I have to get a new theme song. I already know what I would do with that. One of the dumbest reasons is the original photo that I use as the artwork. You know, we'd have to take off I Seem Fun and do something else. That original photo, the, um, what you would call, I guess, uh, 
the high-res version of the original photo. I can't, it's on an old computer from 50,000 years ago. So, uh, you know, it's stupid shit like that that would keep me from mo- moving forward. Uh, or I would just use a new picture. <gasps> oh, my God. No, it's got to be the one with the telephone. And it's got to be that facial expression. Oh, folks. Folks, these are the things that are real. Oh, wait, you know what? Oh, no. These are the things that, uh, oh my God, can you see? I haven't podcasted in three weeks. I'm not in the swing of it. And I just ate, so all my energy is going into my stomach, and I'm like, ooh. So, oh, I have so much I could talk about in this episode that, uh, that I guess I'll just get started. I had my own sexism happen. I was sexist and I was gender, normal, heteronormative, you know, whatever, the whole thing. I was sexist. I was gender stereotyping. I was only dealing in my mind with the two binaries. Uh, I'll tell you what I did. It's nothing bad. It was only uh, something that happened in my head. The other person had no idea. The fake person that doesn't exist in this scenario had no idea that I was thinking this stuff about them. And then the person who actually exists has no idea either. So it was just for me to notice my own bias. Now, also, I wasn't wrong. I'll explain. I'll explain. And this is not some terrible story where you're like, oh, my God, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. She's secretly a bad person wasn't like that. So I had my peel on stick wallpaper done. I had, I, I don't care what they tell you. If I know you're thinking, well, why did you do peel and stick? If you were just going to have someone come over and do it, it wasn't quite a money saving thing, but it's that I do not own my place. So it's easier to get off. But the way that this person put it on I don't even know if that's, it looks pretty like it would be hard to get off the walls. So, but it's okay if they peel the paint because it was a paint job that I did. So listen, when I move here, uh, they're going to have to spend some money to um, undo my accent walls and my (laughs) pictures I've hung up and all this stuff. But you know what? Uh, Until I can really buy something that I want, I'm here. And... I just have a feeling that um, it's going to be fine. You know, I'm sure I paid. I mean, I moved in here so long ago. I'm sure I paid some kind of security deposit. I'll lose that. I'll pay whatever. I was reading and somebody actually posted this in the Facebook I Seem Fun closed group. If you want to join it. Oh my God. How do you join it? Well, it's too long of a URL to tell you. Be like HTTP Facebook dot dot five six one two. So if you simply could go to Twitter. You could go to at I Seem Fun Podcast on Twitter or twitter.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. Oh, God, I'd have to change all the social media stuff. Oh, forget it. Oh, forget it. Oh, forget it. Is it really that worth it to go from I Seem Fun to no fun? The whole point is that it's the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Ah, fuck it. Too lazy. But I'm thinking about it. And once the thought gets in there, I go, I'm doing it. 
This is this is how I do anything. I'm doing it. I have to do it right now. It's four in the morning on a holiday. Shit, I can't do the thing because everything I would need is closed and everyone's asleep. Ah, I need to do the thing. I need to make the, I need a bob cut black with bangs tonight, people. I need it tonight, right now. I just woke up to pee. I looked in the mirror. I'm done with the current hairdo. Tonight, I need to cut my hair a little bit and dye it darker. Where is everybody? I need this. That's how I get. So this is how the, when I actually do something, this is the inception of how it starts. I need to do this right now. Okay, I can't. I'll do it. Okay, so the next time I think I can do it, I'll do it. Now let me think about this thing I want to do. Oh, you know what? It's going to be hard and then maybe, I'll forget it. I'm not doing it. But the idea never really goes away. It sits inside me and it'll come up months later and it'll come up in a more reasonable way and I will say, well, what are the pros and cons? And I will, but I don't start there. I start with this must be done and then it goes to this will never get done and then it germinates for months and then it comes up and I say, what's the reality of doing this? And then I let it sit. And if it's driving me crazy where it just, it seems actually now easier, it seems harder to not do it because I just can't stop thinking about it than it is to do it, then I do it. And then I just start slowly doing the thing, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of how I did with my bedroom, uh, renovating my bedroom. It's been on my mind for a year and a half. It was like, I can't do this now. Then I calmed down. Then I slowly took the actions I needed to take. So anyway, but that brings me right back, doesn't it? Brings me right back to what I was talking about. And the reason I said that you guys should get on the Facebook closed group, well, it's a group of fans of the I Seem Fun podcast, but to get to the link to join Go to twitter.com slash I seem fun podcast. And in the bio of that Twitter page is the link. You know, it's not easy to, it's, it's a couple steps to find the group. So if you're serious about it, you'll find it. That's how I see it. Anyway, someone posted this in the group, but I had seen it already. Why does that matter? Why does it matter? I already saw it. I already saw it. I know. I know. I saw it. I saw it first. <laughs> there was a great article about Amy Sedaris. And she's really good friends with Todd. Is it Todd Oldham? Who's the um, designer? And she was talking about her apartment in the village. And she's got all kinds of paint and wallpaper. And the, the thing's real nutty. Real nut. She's a real kook, that one. And everything's really um, a little cluttered for my taste. But she said... The deposit, the security deposit is a personality fee, which I loved. But now I'm dying to know, because in David Sedaris's recent book, Calypso, Amy says, I have an apartment down the street from my other apartment in case I need space. Now, I don't know exactly what she means, but I, there's no way she doesn't own, I think she owns something and maybe she has a rental down the street. I don't know. I'm curious if she's a renter or a buyer. Maybe she sold her. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes in New York, you have to rent 
to get the neighborhood you want to live in because things are so expensive. That's how it is in La La LA. (sighs) So this is what happened. I'm on Yelp and I look up a bunch of wallpaper. So anyway, the peel and stick. It's not, they go, it's so easy. It's so easy. I just, I didn't even open the box. It came in the mail and the box opened itself up. And oh my God, I'm glad I got out of the way when I did or I'd be stuck in my own wall. The peel and stick just stuck itself to the wall. It was so easy. It was so easy. It was so easy. I gave birth while doing it. I, I multitasked. It's not easy. Now, again, most people do one very square accent wall that you don't have to maneuver around any outlets or any doorways. So maybe that is easy. I get that sticking something to a wall is easy. But, you know, it's like wallpaper. It comes in a roll. You have to cut it and then match it up. You get it. It's not like it comes in one giant piece that automatically is the same measurements as your wall. You have to match the pieces up, blah, blah, blah. Well, I did my entire bedroom. And I emailed for a quote all these different places on Yelp. And all of them, now as far as I know, we're going to learn something in this. If All of them, as far as I know, were men. They had male names, if you will. Your Mark, your Brian... Your Tom, I saw pictures of the guys. Let's just, for the sake of everything, they were men. All of them wrote back in what I felt were very hysterical emails. Lots of caps, lots of exclamation points. I, this is impossible. You don't do a whole room of peel and stick. Nobody does that. That's not going to look good. And, or I don't do that. I just do blah, blah, wallpaper. Or that's going to not stay on the wall. Everything was just like negative, can't be done. What are you doing? You're dumb. You suck. Not that. But, and I thought, okay, God, maybe I can't do this. Maybe it can't be done. And I thought, there's no way. There's no way everybody that has peel and stick wallpaper did it themselves. There's someone out there. So the last person got back to me, a Shannon. You know where this is going. Shannon writes back, yes, I do a lot of um, peel and stick work, actually. A lot of very fancy places use peel and stick. I do a lot of peel and stick, um, oh, they it's a name, murals, murals. I do a lot of murals that are peel and stick. This is a good chunk of my business. I usually I don't usually do it for residential. Residential usually is just one accent wall, but for uh, other stuff, I do giant, giant things. So let me know. So I was so excited. I'm picturing this Shannon. I'm picturing, for some reason, I'm picturing a very frail, skinny, kind of just like, mm-mm-mm. like I get my shit done. I am a power player. I am the number one designer who hangs up peel and stick and I do installations for very fancy people. Even against my feminist beliefs, I was flown to Saudi Arabia to hang up some peel and stick wallpaper for the crown prince. But so what? I need the money. So that's what I pictured. Just pinchy, tight, skinny, bony Shannon. 
right? So Shannon texts me and Shannon says, I can do this date for this much money. I said, that's great. Shannon says, can you send me a picture of the wallpaper? I send a picture. Can you send me a picture of your room? Then Shannon writes back, what wall do you want? And I said, remember, I said, I want all four walls. Shannon writes back, usually people just do an accent wall. So I'm thinking, oh my God, this rich bitch, fancy woman, fancy lady Shannon is telling me, yeah, people usually just do one wall. After she looked at the pictures of my bedroom, after she thinks to herself, this girl has no style. This girl has no taste. People just usually do one wall, like only a loser, cheap. <laughs> I don't know. What... Yep. You know, I was just like, oh no, Shannon probably knows more than me. So I wrote back, well, I want to do all the walls. And Shannon said, okay. And then Shannon said, here's some of my work. And Shannon sent me some beautiful things. And I thought, this woman knows what she's doing. And I said to myself, and again, I'm flagging my, flagging my assuming that it's a woman because the name is Shannon. We all know Shannon Hoon from uh, Blind Melon was a man. Uh, I forgot. I forgot that that's also a, a, a man's name. And forgive me, everybody out there for being very like, man, woman, I, I understand that there's so much more to it than that. But I'm talking about from, from my limited, <clears throat> I don't have to go into it. Okay. So, okay. What was I saying? Oh, so Shan, okay. So, oh, right. So, oh God, what was I saying? Who cares? All right, great. So I swear to God, I'm looking at the reviews and I never noticed anyone say he I feel like the reviews were like, I swear they said she. And I also swear the reviews maybe didn't even say she or he, but were just like, Shannon did an amazing job. But, and maybe they, Shannon came right on time. So I'd been stressing for weeks because I had written to Shannon saying, I'm also getting new furniture. So... It, it might make more sense. Like I was really afraid this woman was judging me. So I was like, I'm getting new furniture. So with the pattern of wallpaper I'm sending you and the furniture you're seeing in the photo, it might make more sense that it's the whole room because the furniture is going to be white and the walls are going to be the main, the main activity, the main event. And Shannon writes back, will the furniture be in the room when I'm there? And I panicked and I said, uh, yes, but I'll make sure it's not in the way. So now I've promised Shannon, this tiny bird lady who can't lift anything, that I'm going to make sure the bed is in the middle of the floor and the, and the dressers aren't, I can't lift anything and I get the neck arthritis. So I was like, oh fuck, I wonder if Shannon brings someone else with her to help her move things. I mean, I don't even know if one person can do all this. It does seem like a hard job for one person where you've got this long sheet of paper and, and how are you maneuvering it? Anyway, I'd been privately, privately, in my private life, I'd been privately stressing for weeks about, I would just be in my room and I would just think, oh, Shannon's going to show up that day 
and the furniture is not going to be moved. And she's going to say, I can't start until you move the furniture. And I'm going to say, Shannon, I can't move this. It's too heavy for me. And I have neck arthritis, which I don't think I knew yet that I did, but I knew I was in pain. And Shannon's going to say, well, then I need to go home. And I'm going to go, Shannon, no, hang on. And I'm going to go up and down the hall at eight in the morning, knocking on neighbor's doors going, could you, I'm sorry to wake you. Could you help me move my bed? Oh, it's not, I'm not being a creep. You know, (laughs) these are things I think about. And sometimes I would actually let myself feel, I mean, I wasn't trying to, but sometimes I would actually get stressed enough that I would feel it in my body. (laughs) And I would think I cannot be having reactions to this. This is too ridiculous. I think I was stressed out about some other stuff (laughs) and my brain was using this as a cover. You know how we do that sometimes? We've got something going on in the back of our minds that we haven't dealt with that we need to deal with. And our brain just starts going, I'm really stressed about my tire pressure. And you're like, no, you're not. That's not what's going on. So I think it was stuff like that. Okay, great. So where have I stored this vase before? Huh? You know, I don't need these. I've got these planters. I don't have plants outside. I have some succulents and some cactus, but I've got like a... A cabinet of filled with planters. I ain't never using that. What am I? Planter McGee? Uh, oh, God. God. Why did I start doing this during the podcast? Welcome, new listeners. This is I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. This is the kind of stuff that happens. Okay, so. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm stressing about that. For no reason. Well, the day comes... Oh, so then I get the wrong wallpaper. I don't like how it looks. Right? I told you guys that. I sent it it away. Charles Jeeves, come here and take this wallpaper away. It is not to my liking. What do we do with it, Miss Jen? I don't know. You're my butlers that I employ for weird things like this. You figure it out. Do you know how many people on Twitter have told me I live in a mansion just because I said, uh, Ms. Ms. AOC is acting a little ridiculous? Not because she's a woman or a person of color, but because her and her Bernie Justice Dems nonsense is not up my alley. Oh, you from your mansion probably don't appreciate what she went through. This is not a mansion. People, I am (laughs) not rich. Real, real, real not. Like, real not. Like, worried about money, not rich. Like, people. Fucking idiots. Anyway, so, like, then don't get peel and stick wallpaper and have someone put it up. All right. You know what I'm saying. Not everyone in show business is is rich. Um, Okay, so, why did I have to interrupt a great story with that comment? I don't know. It's on my mind. It's on my mind. I just hate that. Oh, the, the, it's like, it's like when someone, it's like when someone on Twitter is being so confident that they're nailing you and that they, oh, they got you figured out and they're better than you. They're more pure than you. They're more blah, blah, blah. And yet the only thing that shows through is their complete naivete 
a mansion. Yeah, the girl from the Netflix specials is in a mansion. It could be, I guess, if I'd saved differently. I could have probably bought some kind of weird monstrosity in a like up-and-coming neighborhood, but then I wouldn't have had anything left. I, I don't know. It's just not, it's not what I did. I traveled, and uh, I had to pay two rents when I worked on Mrs. Maisel, and I had a divorce, and I had, um, I had a lot of things. It just, it is what it is. Anyway, so, what was I saying? I know someone's listening going, well, the fact that you could have bought a mansion and didn't doesn't mean you're not rich. I know that's what I just said. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I meant I probably could have owned something if I did things differently, but I also really don't want to. To me, it's, I'm paying for freedom, you know? Pay, doesn't that sound like a David Hasselhoff song that he would sing at the Berlin Wall? I am paying for freedom. I'm paying for freedom. I love that performance of him at the Berlin Wall with a jacket with lights going everywhere. What is, how does it go? I'm looking for freedom. Because, you know, he's big in Germany, the way that Jerry Lewis was big in France. And I think it's maybe the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I wonder if David Hasselhoff could heal the world. Um, it's ser- I, If you guys don't know David Hasselhoff at the Berlin Wall from 1989, 1989, this man has been sacrificing his life to entertain you people. And what have you done for David Hasselhoff today? Have you done anything? Because it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. The Germans are excited. David Hasselhoff is wearing a leather jacket with a piano keyboard scarf. Oh, I don't like this mix. Here it is. Okay, hang on one sec. I need to put on my Bluetooth so we can get this going. So, I know I'm diverged. Two roads diverged in the wood. I know I'm... I know, taking a dip, taking a dip here in the story. And we'll get back to the story. We'll get back to the story. But first, I need to educate you kids about a very important moment in in American and German history. The Berlin Wall falls in 1989, and David Hasselhoff goes and sings at it. A song called Looking for Freedom. People are going ape. He's singing to camera. He's so happy right here. I mean, who wouldn't be? This must have been thrilling. He's got his leather jacket and these lights are just going all around the jacket. I don't know how to explain it. It's like he's a Christmas tree with rotating lights and he's wearing white jeans. And this woman, people are just throwing fun things in the air. And he's just smiling. Like a real show person smiles when they perform, don't they? I've been looking for freedom. It's the greatest song that ever existed. 
I had everything that money could buy, but freedom I had none. Woo! Okay, sorry. This is literally... (laughs) It's the greatest thing that's ever happened, and I'm sorry if you weren't alive for it. You know, you were just born too late, I guess. Gang, take the first step to healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com, B-I-O-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y.com. And right now, for you, my listeners, when you purchase a skincare routine, you'll get a free clarifying mask with your order. That is a $25 value for free, but you got to enter my code FUN at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com, use my code FUN at checkout, to get your free clarifying mask when you purchase a routine. Now, what are you talking about, Jen? What is my routine? Well, BioClarity is a garden-given, skin-loving beauty brand that wants to help you achieve beautiful, naturally glowing skin. I have tried BioClarity's products. You know me, I'm a product. And I'm telling you, you'll love it. What healthy eating does for your body, BioClarity does for your face. Their green skincare line offers essential products to help clear up and calm your skin. Whether you guys have a rosacea or an acne or something, and they're going to keep it back, and they're going to, is that what they told me to say? Jen, just make sure you say they're going to, or keep it balanced on track with daily nutrients. Now, here's the thing. I get a little redness sometimes. You know what I mean? A lady of a certain age will sometimes get a little, uh, the skin changes colors during certain times. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. Sometimes it's a little bit, just needs to calm down a little bit. You know what I mean? Needs to be soothed. I'm a fan of the essentials routine. It's for normal or dry skin. It's a three-step regimen that's packed with gentle nutrients that nurture your natural radiance. You cleanse, you restore, you hydrate. Because that's the thing, people. We, you got to do multiple steps here. You don't just throw one thing on your face and hope for the best and walk out the door. Mm-mm. Then they have extra things like the clarifying mask, evens out skin tone and texture, shrinks the appearance of pores, does not overdry your skin. The Floralux, it's a special form of chlorophyll that nourishes the skin, soothes away any blemishes, reduces redness, makes your skin more radiant. All the products are 100% vegan. They are cruelty-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free, and artificial fragrance-free. You don't want to put all this crap on your skin that's going to be absorbed into your body. Listen to all this. Cruelty-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free. So again... The first step toward healthier, more radiant skin, go to bioclarity.com. $25 value for free is the free clarifying mask, but you need to enter fun at checkout. Now, they do have another routine for you alls with the combination oily or breakout prone skin, the clear skin routine. So you can check that out too. But you can choose from the different skincare routines. Get on it. You look gorgeous from the inside and out because you care about things. You care about what goes into your body, bioclarity.com. Use my code FUN at checkout to get your free clarifying mask when you purchase a routine. 
Okay, I, I am I am going to finally finish the story about the wallpaper. So the morning comes, and I wake up, and I get up at about 7. Shannon's coming at 8. I'm still like, oh, God, I have to move this bed. What's going to happen? And... At 7.15, I get a text. I, I actually ended up getting here early. Are you stirring yet? Was it? And I thought, this doesn't sound like Shannon. This doesn't sound like some bitchy bitcherson. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you can come in early. And I thought, aha. I've let someone come 45 minutes early on what is already very early in the morning. And she can't be mad if my bed isn't moved because I've I've done a good thing which will make up for the bad thing of not having the furniture moved. Not that she asked me to move it. In fact, she didn't even mention it. But I wondered if it was assumed. I would have rather played ignorant because I didn't know who I was going to get to help me move furniture. So anyway, I open the door and there's a man standing there. And I think, oh, this must be Shannon's helper who does all the physical stuff. One, sexist. Two, it's Shannon, a man. He says, hi, I'm Shannon. I said, oh, now I was a little bit, there were a few thoughts went through my head in two seconds because he didn't have anything with him. He was just a man standing there. He didn't have a ladder. He didn't have a bucket. He didn't have a brush. I don't know, whatever you would need to put up wallpaper, he had nothing. And I said, I looked in the hall and I said, I don't have any supplies Except the wallpaper. I'm not sure what you would need exactly, but I, you, you don't have anything. And he said, oh, I just come in and look first. And then I started to get nervous. And then I started to get mad. Because now earlier when all of the men were saying, I can't put it up. It doesn't exist. And Shannon so easily did it. I thought, of course. Of course, all these men can't put up the peel and stick and they have to be so emotional about it. And of course, a woman is just like, bing bong, got this. What do you need? Doing it. No big deal. I'm a woman. I get shit done. And I start thinking, you know, look at all the men. John Bain are crying in front of Congress. <laughs> if a woman cried, it'd be like, women are too emotional to be president. Donald Trump is tweeting, having a nervous breakdown every single day. Everyone's emotional. And yet women are called emotional. And yet men are the ones that are always so emotional about everything. Okay, so that's what I was thinking originally. Then when I realized as Shannon is standing there before me and it is a man, and I realized I was sexist, I then dismissed my sexism and go, you know what, I don't have time to think about my own sexism right now. There is a man who has no visible proof that he works with his hands or with wallpaper and he wants to just walk into my house and he was really early why was he early because he was all excited I got excited I got up real early today to murder I'm so excited I can't sleep I, that could be a thing and I thought this man this man doesn't even know how weird it is for a woman to let a man into her home he does not even know he never even thinks to say hey my name is Shannon. I'm a guy. Because the Yelp company ha just has the name of his business, which is whatever. Fun times wallpapering. And then when you get a text, the person then says, hi, my name is Shannon. So I'm just going to say 
the initial reaction is this is a woman. I would think that you would say, hey, I'm a guy if by, because I have a handy woman because my handy man, if you guys remember from two years ago, got weird with me with a hammer in his hand and he started yelling about how Jill Stein is a beautiful woman and Hillary Clinton is ugly. And if I don't vote for Jill Stein, then I'm not a feminist and that Bernie is going to save the world. I mean, and the guy had a hammer in his hand and he was yelling. And this guy I had known for a year and he was a great handyman and he was a nice person. And I saw him get radicalized over the year. And then it all came down with him standing very close to me. Not because he was trying to, I will admit, um, he was on a ladder and I was right under it because he asked me to look at how something was hung. But I was very close and then he started talking about Jill Stein and there was a hammer in his hand. Was he going to hit me? No, but I get scared. So I have a handy woman now. So my new rule is I don't invite men into my house I don't know. What a rule. What a great rule for 2018, 2019, for all the years. What a great rule that a 44-year-old woman finally realized, oh, maybe not do that. So, I mean, even with like Postmates or pizza delivery or whatever, I stand basically in the hallway and like barely open the door. And I make sure that um, I have my keys in my hands so that if they try to push me in the door, I'll actually push them into the hall, but I won't lock myself out. And I always have my phone in my hand in case I need to call 911. These are things I think about when opening the door. And luckily, there's video cameras all in my hallway. But, I, you know, the, oh, my God, there's a new woman at the front desk who she's always watching football. I don't know if she's watching the security cameras. So anyway, I, I don't know. Men, if you're out there and you do this kind of work and your name isn't a traditional, in quote, man's name, uh, maybe give people a heads up that you're a man. Because I wouldn't. I, would, I still would have hired him, but I might have done things a little differently if I knew a man was coming over. So I sort of, I let him in, but I'm still standing in the doorway. And I've got my phone and my keys in my hand. And I show him the stuff and I stand right near the door the whole time while he's looking at the wallpaper and while he's looking in the bedroom. And uh, he was so nice, the nicest person. And I was, okay, so there's my man, woman thing. And then of course my sexism, even though for a minute I was like, I'm really bummed that it's a man because it's weird to have a man in the house all day. I also was thinking, oh, thank God it's a man because he will move the furniture without even thinking and he won't be mad about it because he'll assume I can't move it anyway because I'm a woman. These are the trite black and white thoughts going through my head, but I had to be a witness to them and admit it. So then he goes down and boy, careful what you wish for. When I, when I thought to myself, he doesn't seem to have any stuff with him that makes it look like he does this for a living. He came back with so many things. It made it look as though I was renovating said mansion that people tell me I live in. I mean, he came in with ladders, a giant, I'm not kidding, like basically a giant wood table, six feet long, buckets. I mean, I was right about the bucket. There needed to be a couple buckets. A giant industrial-sized trash can. I mean, at a certain point, I thought he is going to murder me. He's going to lay me down on the table, chop me up, and then and then put me in the industrial-sized 
trash bucket that was on wheels. But anyway, this guy said to me that he renovated the hotel um, that I always go hang out at with friends and we have drinks there and um, it's one of my favorite places. And so he was like uh, telling me about that. I'm like, oh my God, that's my favorite place. I go there all the time. It's like my go-to place. And so that was cool. So I was like, I already know this guy's going to be amazing because he's done amazing work. And so, but then of course, now I don't think this was a mansplain man, woman thing, but he said, uh, when I, when I calculated how much wallpaper to get, there was a very confusing way for this particular brand and the way they sold their footage to calculate the square footage and what you would need. And so I'm not good with that kind of stuff for sure. Numbers aren't my thing. I took solid D's in math all through high school. That might be shocking, but my parents said, we know you're not a bad student. I got A's and everything else. I even did really well with chemistry. Chemistry I loved. I nailed. I could do the hard math in chemistry. Chemistry is very interesting. Chemistry is a story. Chemistry is drama. There's something very interesting and appealing to me about chemistry. The rest of math, just math on its own, um, algebra, this, that, it's just a lot of this is what it is, memorize it. And I'm like, I can't because I don't care. You know, chemistry, I care. Anyway, that's just a little hot take from me. So it was a miracle that I calculated to the foot exactly what I would need with exactly to the foot. I got extra leftover in case there were mistakes or in case I miscalculated. So I have about a half a roll left over. No big deal. Just pat myself on the back. But I was so, I mean, it took me hours. I, I double checked. I rechecked because also I didn't want to have to, I wanted to know the exact price. It had to be ordered. I didn't want to order some and then have to, not all. So he walked in and he said, how much did you get? And I said, these nine rolls. And he went, yeah, it's not enough. See, you know, you're not understanding. And I realized now as I got to know him throughout the day, this wasn't a mansplain thing. This was a sort of, uh, I know casually people say um, really offensive things like on the spectrum. And that's not what I mean. But I mean, um, that's something I might casually say in my private life to someone. So how do I say it? Uh, I don't know. I think there was a little OCD, a little obsessiveness. I do think a little social, perhaps not anxiety, but, um, I actually know I've, I've know people and was once related to people that have Asperger's. So I, I know that really well. Um, few people in my life, big time. I knew had it. Um, you kind of reminded me of that. So but at first I wasn't sure what was happening. And he was, I don't know, this isn't enough. I think you did it wrong. I mean, I can try to put up a, you know, what walls do you want me to do? And I can come back and do the rest. And I said, I think there's a world where I did get enough. I, I promise. So he sort of, de- he just stood in the middle of the room staring for about half an hour. And I'm, I'm sitting in the living room with my, you know, little C stand at my couch. Cause I don't want to go all the way in the other room in the office. Cause I want to sort of be out there. And I'm just going, Are you, do you, you need anything in there? And no, I'm just taking a look. He was just sort of standing there. And I think he was in some kind of immobilized panic, the, the kind I get in at four in the morning. I need to cut my hair today, you know, where he was thinking, this isn't going to fit, this isn't going to fit. But instead of attempting to open the rolls and see what's going on, I think he was just, this isn't going to fit. Anyway, it worked out. 
he completely apologized and he said, you totally knew your stuff. And he said, it's not that I didn't think you knew. I just, I wasn't even going to blame you anyway. I was going to blame the way the, whatever. He did such a beautiful job, but he took so long. It took seven and a half hours. And I was just sitting there noticing how slow he was going, but he was going. It's not that it was slow. It was the proper amount of time that these things take. But it was just so funny because every Yelp review said, he goes so fast, he goes so fast. And I was sitting there just as each hour went by, I was, okay, let me cancel this Pilates class. Okay, this to-do list where I have to go to CVS, do that tomorrow. (laughs) Everything was being canceled. I ended up not going to a Christmas party um, that I wanted to go to. Actually, at Stephanie Miller's house, if you've heard me on her political radio show. I wanted to go to her party, which started at four. And I was like, how is this real life? Um, How is this happening when he didn't leave until five? And then I had tickets to Sandra Bernhardt that night. So I went straight to that, which was awesome. So anyway, that's my story. I'm sexist. We all have bias. Aren't I a hero for admitting it? So he says to me when he's leaving, then he's like chit-chatty, McGaddy. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Um, But he said, I really want to thank you for being so precise with everything. Your communication was really good. You're a very kind person and your home has a really nice energy and you just have a really nice energy and it wasn't hitting on me. He was saying it as he was packing up his table and he was sort of saying it over his shoulder. It was totally fine. And I thought that was very nice. And I enjoy hearing that because, you know, the past few years, I wouldn't say the most recent couple years, but years before that, I just was kind of an angry person. I'm still like angry. I'm like irritable, maybe an irritable person, but, but not really. Like I don't take it, like I, it's hard to explain, you know, uh, but now I just want to be really nice and, and, uh, it makes me feel good. It makes other people feel good. And I don't know, you just get older and you're like, fuck, I like not much time left, not much time left in the good body. You know, as everything starts breaking down, you're like, it feels really good to be kind, <laughs> you know? So anyway, I, so then I, I, I leave a couple of days later. I, I, I go to New York. I, I go to my favorite hotel that was having an amazing deal on rooms that, that I got, um, in advance. And I get there and I walk in and I'm just smiling. And, you know, and my sister and I always quote the movie Elf. Smiling's my favorite. I was smiling. And I walk in and the people behind the counter were so nice. And uh, he said, Are you first time in New York? And I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, I am a New Yorker. I, I hate it. I, I, I live here, basically. I live here. And he looks at my ID. He goes, your ID says Los Angeles. I go, well, I live in LA. I go, but I was living here the past couple of years, but I've lived here before and I come here all the time. I go, I just don't want to be a tourist. I'm, I'm in New York. I'm in New York. He goes, he goes, well, you don't have a New York energy. And I go, oh no, do I have a Los Angeles energy? And he goes, no, you don't have a West Coast energy either. He goes, you have a different energy than anyone. He goes, it's like angelic. You came in here smiling. You're making real conversation. You're, you're not impatient. He said, but you just have a good vibe. Like you just made me smile when you walked in. I'm like, you know, when you hear something that you, it doesn't even matter if they're just bullshitting you to get through their day or they're just feeling in a good mood for that second. 
their coffee just kicked in and five minutes later they'll be back to the misery. I just, I want that to be true so badly that I took that fucking compliment. Thank you. Oh my God. It really, it, it kept me going for a while. I'd tell everyone I knew. Someone just said I had angelic energy. <laughs> so, um, but it was, it was, I don't, there's no need to tell you that. I just wanted to say that I had a really good um, last few weeks and, you know, this time of year is, was really hard for me because of my breakup two years ago. And last year, um, it was still hard and my life is so full and robust. There's some things that could be more secure and maybe less lacking in, but, um, you know, different areas, some areas I lack things, some areas I wish there was more security in. And, uh, but overall I just, it just makes me smile to me, you know, and then two years ago, it's like on 50,000 antidepressants. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I had to use them to get through this time that I was in where I was exploring some dark stuff and I was whatever. And, and now I'm not, and now I'm, uh, and I'll use them again if I have to, I've been on and off my whole life, but, um, I don't stay on as a general rule just for me because I don't, my depression, uh, goes many different ways. It isn't always straight through depression. So I'm lucky that way. I don't need it to stay neutral. Um, some people do and they should stay on it. Mine manifests in other ways and I, I can kind of, I kind of know when I don't need it and, at that point, it's usually when I start to feel the side effects. So it's kind of interesting. I don't really feel the side effects when I need it. And when I, I don't want to get into a medication talk because I think everyone should stay on your meds, everybody. Um, so yeah, that was, it was a nice uh, time. And so I'm recording this on New Year's Day. Should I go on New Year's Day? I just don't like that song that much. And... I had a whole plan for myself. I, I stayed in on New Year's Eve. And uh, what was interesting was the day before New Year's Eve, I went to a birthday brunch that was sort of a last minute thing. And there was mimosas and there was mimosas and there was food. And then there was, oh, we're having so much fun. I knew this was going to happen. Let's, now that brunch is closed, go over here. And so we go over here. Oh, we went to the aforementioned place that I said uh, was my favorite place to go. So we have some wine. And now I'm like, oh, I'm going to be hungover tomorrow. It doesn't take much to get me hungover. Yes, even if I stop drinking at six. So I'm like, well, that was the 30th. So then I wake up on the 31st with a little bit of a hangover. And I thought, perfect. I don't even want to go out tonight. I had two places I could have gone. And one was an official party and one was a, hey, just come hang out. I'm watching TV. And uh, didn't do either. And I watched two movies. I watched, Can You Ever Forgive Me? The movie with Melissa McCarthy about, I didn't know anything about this. It's so good. It's about a woman who was running a scam of typing up, letters from letters of correspondence from famous authors and selling them um, when she was in between book deals. She was a an author in her own right. No pun intended. I'd never seen it. True story. And it was based on a book. I feel stupid for not knowing about it. I think I'm some kind of intellect over here. 
And then I watched The Wife, which was incredible. And of course, I already knew how it ended. I won't spoil it for you, but I've, I'm on JetBlue flying home from my Christmas vacation. And The Wife was one of the movies available on the flight. Starring Glenn Close. It's about her husband who's winning the Nobel Prize for literature, blah, blah. So I'm on the plane. It just looked a little dark and sinister. So I wanted to make sure it wasn't like murder and stabbing and all that. So I looked it up on IMDb and just read the whole description to where like every spoiler ever is there. And I thought, well, now I don't feel like watching it. But as after a week, I realized I can watch it because a lot of times when I know what happens in a movie, I watch it for the acting. And I actually think with this movie, knowing the end or knowing what's really going on makes it a better experience because you can watch the acting because you're not trying to figure out, well, wait, is this true or not? You actually, you go, well, I know this is true. Oh, so now I'm watching the acting. It's really good. So I watched those two movies, a little bit of a downer. I thought the, can you forgive me? Can you ever forgive me? The, what I read about it made it seem like fun and no, I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't like fun. And I kept falling asleep and I was just dehydrated and passed out by 9.30. It was the greatest. So I had a whole day planned for my New Year's Day where I was going to get up at 6 a.m. and start writing because I'm working on a pitch for my third book, as I've told you guys 50 times, and I was going to start writing. And then I got into my living room and I said, this is just like Halloween. Nobody is around. And my schedule next week, by the time you're listening to this, I'm in hell. I'm in hell. I'm burning up. I'm looking for freedom right now because I'm in hell. I'm burning up. I have four meetings a day, events every night. Even if they're fun, that's shit. It's places I got to be. I still have to plan my tour stuff, sell tickets, do my podcast, write my book pitch, writing a script, doing 50 things, right? And then all my personal life stuff, whatever then all my back stuff. So I'm just, I'm 24 seven. And I thought, I actually thought I'll take my tree down on Saturday the 7th. And then I thought, are you nuts? You don't want to spend the one day free doing that. And also, you know, you'll have 50 personal appointments that day anyway. I said, this is the day, Jen. This is the fucking day to take it all down. I, I wanted an extra week of decorations up. And then I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit down and write. And of course, this is total writer's procrastination, but it was also a calling, a knowing it's time to take it down. Not because it's New Year's Day, but because it's New Year's Day and no one is going to call you for a last minute audition or phone meeting. You don't have any press to do today for your tour. You're free. So I did. Now I've been consulting a lot of articles about winter decor. What is that? You say, well, if you says to yourself, especially if you live somewhere cold, I don't want to take all my decorations down and just go back to my normal house. So you don't have to. I took my tree down. I took all of the garland down. I took every little like holiday-ish candle down, but I kept all the white fuzzy sequiny things on my couch. Um, I kept this floor vase that I have that's filled with sort of twigs and sticks and crystal-y branches 
with Christmas lights on them, like fairy lights. I kept that there. So I have a little corner that's sort of winter white corner. You know what I'm saying? I kept my wreath on the door because it's very pretty and it's not necessarily Christmassy. It's, it's, it's not Christmas colors. And then I kept, I have these tiny trees. They're so cute. They're little fir trees in tiny little vases or vases. Um, you know, what do you call them? And they have sparkles on them and they sell them at Trader Joe's. So I have those still up and just uh, a couple lit things. So it looks just like a little winter wonderland in here. If you were to come in, you would think, is this her decor or is this decorated for something? It doesn't quite say Christmas. And it is my winter scape, even though I live in LA and it's, you know, warm out. But it, I still feel, you know, it gets dark early. I feel very hibernate And then in March, April, after daylight savings, I will take this stuff down and it won't be the winterscape anymore. We'll be back to neutrals. Maybe even before then, maybe March, I'll take this down. But it's the greatest feeling. It's just enough so that you don't feel abandoned, for lack of a better word. <laughs> and I'm glad my tree's not up. I'm not in the mood for it. I don't feel Christmas. I did it. It's done. So... That's why I like to put this stuff up early because there really is no world where I still feel in the mood for this after it's over. But I'm always in the mood for Christmas before it's time. So, but once it does hit New Year, something does reset in my brain. And I think, uh, come on, come on, let's go. Let's go there, donkey. Let's go. And I hit myself in the leg and I walk. I hit myself in the leg and I walk again. Well, what an episode. I didn't even get to what I was going to talk about, if you can believe it, which you can. So let me tell you this. I need you guys to come to my shows. I wrote this whole thread on Twitter about how I quit my job to tour and nobody understood it. People were like, I believe in you. I think you'd be great at touring. I'm like, I've been touring 10 years. That's not what I meant. I meant this. I'm not kidding. I was sitting in my office at Mrs. Maisel last year. I love the job. I obviously love, you know, when you write on TV you are in the Writers Guild and they have the greatest health insurance of all time. And the more money you make, the more paid in you are to the insurance for a few years. So my insurance is set for another two and a half years. Um, I would like to make more money through the Guild this year, whether I pop in uh, at some writing gigs in LA, like, oh, I'll consult for a week or I'll write my own script and sell it. You know, I have to sell it, uh, my script, in order to get the WGA credit. But bloody, bloody blue. Um, what was my point? I'm sitting there. And when I saw uh, that you know who he returned to the stage, I didn't think, oh, it's time to censor him. I just thought, why am I sitting in the fucking writer's room? Like, I'm a comic. I got to get out there. I want, my, I want to be a performer. I want my voice to be out there. I was trying to write about that in a thread, but it wasn't coming off right. And I deleted it because I was like, oh, forget it. Everyone's like, come to here. Have you ever played Boston? I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. I can't take it anymore. So... Anyway, um, come to my shows. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm starting the year off in Chicago, January 17th. Please, for the love of Christ, would you come to this and get tickets and tweet about it. Hashtag JK2019. I beg you, tell me if you bought tickets. I know a lot have been sold, but not one person has tweeted me about it, so that's weird. Um, please, Phoenix. So, Cities like Dallas I'm coming to, but I am coming to Houston and Austin this year. I mean, I'm at least requesting my agent to get me the gigs, so I'm pretty sure I will. 
But, uh, you know, something like Arizona, I am positive I am not coming to another city in Arizona this year. So if you live in Arizona, please come Saturday, February 2nd. It's called Copper Blues Live. It's a great venue um, that is newly doing comedy. I know the guy that runs it. He's been a comedy booker for years. Many comedians have performed there. Um, Your Whitney Cummings is very successful people. It's just my first time there at this place. Not my first time in Phoenix or Scottsdale, but just my first time at this new place. And I really want to make a strong showing. So if you're like, I'll just wait till she comes to Tucson or Scottsdale. Nope, I'm not. So come, come, come. It's the night before the Super Bowl. It'll be your fun night out. And then I'm going to be in the Arlington Draft House. That is my probably one of my top three favorite comedy clubs in America. I'm not coming to D.C. proper this year, just Arlington, Virginia, so please join me there. It's going to be fun. Who the fuck knows what's going to be going on? You know, it's a five-minute ride from Washington, D.C. It's You know how it is. It's the Brooklyn to D.C.'s New York City. It is closer than that. Anyway, who knows what's going to be going on in D.C.? I always do a lot of riffing and improvising in that room. I fucking love that place. And um, I will be at Hyenas in, in Dallas. Please... I beg you to flood that one. I really want to make sure there's as few. I just came in off the street. I'm a homophobic cowboy types. I just really guys, like if you live near Dallas or in Dallas and you're like, maybe I'll see if she's coming somewhere else. I don't know. I might ask you to just fucking come to that. All of this is on my website, jenkirkman.com. Click tour. Salt Lake City, Utah's on sale. My first time performing there. I've been there, but not as a performer. I'm at the wise guys downtown four shows on that one. Seattle, Valentine's Day, spend it with me. It's going to be so fun. I know a ton of people that are coming by themselves to this show who are single. And then there's a lot of couples. I'm getting feedback from all sides. And so I'm really excited about that. Then I'll be in Portland, Oregon, five shows at one of my other favorite comedy clubs. You're getting the idea here that I only play my favorite comedy clubs. Helium, Portland, five shows at the end of March. And then um, I may be forgetting something Oh, and then Philly and Pittsburgh are going on sale on the 11th. I will be one night. It's so funny because they're seven hours apart and it's actually easier to play Pittsburgh and then do Cleveland, but I've done Cleveland too recently. I don't, I don't want to do it just yet. So, um, but yeah, Pittsburgh and Philly. So I'll be making a very long trip the next day. Uh, Pittsburgh to Philly. I'll be there in April. Tickets go on sale January 11th. So you can join my newsletter if you want. Oh my God, I had all these people suggesting, why don't you, instead of sending out a newsletter, this one guy writes me, quick idea, instead of sending out a newsletter, why don't you put every city you intend to come to on your website and then put the dates you think you're coming and then tell people to build buzz? I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? First of all, the tool I use, Bands in Town, that's not how it works. Second of all, I'm not putting cities that I'm thinking of coming to that aren't even routed and booked yet by my agent and putting it on a website with no ticket sale information. And you think people are going to take that and run with it and build buzz in their communities? I know what I'm doing. I was, (laughs) it's very easy. You can follow me on Bands in Town. You can join my newsletter. And in my newsletter, I write a personal email once a week where I tell you exactly what's on sale. And then I tell you where I'm thinking of coming. And that's why, in other words, I I list like 20 cities. Guys, I'm probably coming here this year. So if you live in any of these cities, don't unsubscribe. And then you'll get the email when it's time. 
but I'm not going to put that on the wet. You don't put that on your tour schedule. That's not how it works. A tour schedule on a website is for shows that are on sale and for shows that have been booked. Like right now on my website, Philly and Pittsburgh are on there as shows because they're booked. I know where they are. You guys don't yet. And I have the ticket link ready to go. But the on sale is January 11th. So that's on the website. Like tickets coming soon, January 11th, you know. But when you don't have any date and you don't have any venue and you, you and your agent know, you know, where you would perform, but none of that is to be said out loud in advance. You don't, I don't need advice. Oh my God. I was, it was like the worst New Year's day to be honest ever. It was just a lot of annoying people on the internet. Oh my God. Oh my God. Anyway. Well, thanks for listening to me. Bitch and moan. What a way to end the podcast. Just being a bitch. Um, a lot of people are talking about coming to my shows alone. I'm going to talk about that next week. Um, I'm going to end this on a letter from a, a fan about Live, Laugh, Love signs and her promise to herself in the new year. Let's end on that because clearly I'm reaching peak cunt mode and I have no more thoughts that aren't like meh. Anyway, so that's all my business. Come see me on tour. I have new stuff. I don't do political stuff about Trump. I mean, if it comes up, it comes up, but you can actually maybe relax a little bit at my shows. I don't make fun of Asians, trans people, or an entire generation of kids being traumatized by gun violence. Put your money where your fucking politics is and support a comedian who isn't a male, uh, who isn't, I'm trying to say female, but I know that that these days is even just being, you know what I mean? So, uh, and my opening acts, um, I try to be as diverse as possible. And so I hopefully won't have any opening acts that are offensive to anybody, um, who are insensitive and shitty. So anyway, that's what's going on. I've still got my merchandise store on t in t Public. Go to jenkirkman.com. Click shop. You can get yourself some I Seem Fun merchandise. Get yourself a mug that says over 40 or that says I'm a soul trapped in a body or, or get a pillow that says feminist as fuck. I mean, come on. There's fun shit in there. Anyway, send me an email, iseemfun at gmail.com about anything you heard today at I Seem Fun Podcast on Twitter. And again, you know, write a review on iTunes, give it five stars, whatevs. We're going to end with a listener email. This is from, uh, I don't know if I can say her name. Well, I'm going to say it. It's Audrey. Hey, Jen, love your podcast. Keep up the great work. So my 2019 resolution is to live, laugh, love, just kidding. I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but I really think I hate those signs so much because they oversimplify what were once pretty complex ideals, even spiritual beliefs that I have come to respect or identify with. Yes, exactly. However, now every time I see hashtag YOLO, I die a little inside, which I guess is an ironic twist on the meaning. I also hate that my resolution could probably be summed up by a combination of those basic ass sayings, but... I'm going to stay in cynical denial and keep overcomplicating the explanation so, so that I don't feel an overwhelming amount of shame every time I pass 
the siren's call of the Target dollar section. Deep down, I totally understand why so many people find that those framed shiplap nightmares resonate with them. So my overly complicated, totally unique resolution is that I really want to just slow down each day and make a conscious effort to acknowledge my existence and appreciate the moment while it's happening. It's so freaking basic, but when I do that, I find that I can handle the stresses and horrible tragedies that bombard our daily news feeds because I know that somewhere else there can exist a small example of love or kindness that can counterbalance the darkness or loss so many experience in life. Um, there, this goes on and on, but I, I don't mean on and on, but I wanted to... Um, just end on that. Uh, Yeah, I want to make sure I let as many of these moments happen next year so that I won't let the craziness at work or frustrations with humanity fill my thoughts. We may not have any control over this life or when we leave it, but we do have control over our outlooks, our perspectives, and the impact we have on one another, no matter how small. So live, laugh, love, YOLO. Live each day. Life is like a box of chocolates. Eat, drink, be merry. Embrace positivity. Ah, it hurts. Let's just be decent to each other, assholes. And I agree with that. Until next week, have fun.